Well, here we are. We're continuing the journey of Paul and following along in his his ministry, his journey. We're going to uh, take a look uh, today at uh, something that's honestly we're all we're all very well versed in. We're all very well versed in the fact that uh, sometimes life doesn't look exactly how we expected it to look, or perhaps we had this idea of what what the plan was going to be, and we set uh, we set forth our details and made our arrangements, and then, well things things changed or maybe they didn't change so much as they just looked wildly different than what we anticipated what we expected paul is literally about to be escorted by a small army by the, the people that were just getting ready to flog him just getting ready to figure out who who trying to figure out who he was and now they're he's being escorted and we're going to get into this in, in more detail today Rome is literally taking part in advancing the gospel. The place that uh, Paul has uh, set his heart to get to eventually, uh, the place that uh, Jesus uh, just encouraged Paul with, said, hey, uh, don't worry, you are going, you, you, you took the gospel to, uh, to Jerusalem, now you're going to take it further into Rome, is where he's going. And it's in a very unexpected manner overall. So we get to take a look at that today, and we get to uh, take it, take a step back and really think about the, the plans that we have for our life, the plans that God has for our life. And why, why do we, why do we get the, these things mixed up? Why do we get so caught up in, in, in the now forgetting that God is in control? I don't know about you. Actually, I, I do know about you. I can guess that in some ways you're uh, similar to me where uh, you have uh, an, an ideal in, in mind. You have the, the, the plan. You, you know how you want things to play out. You know how you wish things would play out. And perhaps time goes by and you go through new seasons in life and uh, you don't ever stop and actually pause and reflect on that season, but then you get years down the road and you look back, and we like to use this phrase, hindsight is twenty twenty, right? We can look back with clear vision and, and see, oh, that's, that's what was happening there. That's what you were doing, God. Thank you. Thank you. Like, I never would have seen that. I never would have thought about that. I would imagine that you've had experiences just like that. As we pick up with Paul today, uh, we're we're coming full speed now. We're 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 picking up steam as as Paul is uh, headed now to Rome, and uh, we're going to see uh, some really cool things happen over the next few chapters in Acts uh, as we uh, head into really our last season. Uh, in, in Acts, our last season that is going to last uh, quite a few more weeks as we uh, really take this journey nice and slow, as we have been, as we've really been paying attention to the church, the early church and the development of the church, the church that you and I are still part of today. So thank you wherever you're at joining us online. Uh, glad to be with you. Uh, we hope that if you are local, that you will be able to, that you are considering attending with us in person, worshiping with us on Sunday mornings at 1030 in the great city of Issaquah, uh, if that is attainable to you. If that's not, then thank goodness for technology, right, where we can stay connected uh, and be the church uh, at distance with one another and encourage one another. Uh, my hope for you is that uh, this message today uh, is, uh, is and does serve as some encouragement for you. So where are we? So Paul has arrived in Jerusalem, and he does his best to honor uh, all believers, Jew and Gentile. We talked about that a few weeks ago. We've been taking a look at uh, this uh, message of unity, using the gospel as a message of unity for the believers. 
uh, he is rescued from an angry crowd and taken into the Roman soldiers' uh, barracks. Uh, he's rescued by a tribune, right? Uh, he's rescued and he's taken in and he's, uh, he's protected from the angry crowd where they're actually considering flogging him because they think that he might be somebody who's caused revolts in other places. Uh, Egypt specifically is, is named. Uh, and then Paul mentions his Roman citizenship. Uh, which uh, is why and, and where when we pick up in Acts 23, uh, verse 23 today, uh, that's where you're going to see, that's where uh, we are going to see uh, his Roman citizenship aiding in taking Paul to Rome. After avoiding flogging uh, and with, the, with the soldiers in the barracks, he gets to speak to the crowd and they're not having it. Uh, there's an uproar, there's a, an absolute uh, an, an, an angry mob, so to speak, still there, still wants Paul to be uh, to be killed, to be taken out of the picture. So he gets to go before the Sanhedrin, uh, which that also ends in chaos. Uh, Paul asks a very specific question that uh, turns the Pharisees and Sadducees uh, against one another in conversation, or rather, argument. And so because of that argument, uh, Paul is then uh, whisked away to the barracks yet again, and this is where uh, we have uh, kind of an interesting exchange. The Lord comes to Paul, and uh, that was in uh, verse 11 of chapter 23. Uh, we get this, this highlight here where the Lord comes says, Take heart to Paul. You have testified about me in Jerusalem, so you must also testify about me in Rome. And then uh, there is a, a warning of a, a plot to kill Paul. There's going to be an ambush on Paul and there, there, there's, uh, there's a, a group of people that have committed, uh, they have committed an oath uh, unto, uh, unto death, essentially. Uh, they're not going to eat until Paul is dead. That is their oath. Uh, and uh, word uh, of this plan uh, reaches Paul's nephew. I really love the way that Aaron uh, broke that down last week and, and kind of highlighted the significance of this, this story and this unlikely hero or this key player here that uh, that we can all identify with at different points of our life. So if you uh, missed that one last week, definitely check in there. But because of this uh, seemingly unlikely hero in Paul's nephew, actually, uh, the Tribune guarding Paul are tipped off to this ambush. And so uh, they decide to send Paul to the uh, Governor Felix in Caesarea, uh, which would be in, in route to Rome. This is a stop on the way to Rome. And uh, we can... Uh, hypothesize and, and wonder all we want to. It's really fascinating to look at uh, the details that Luke, the author of Acts, the person that's, that's penning this stuff down, keeping track of it. It's really interesting to look at uh, the details that he uh, assumes and, and, and takes as uh, importance and wants us as the later readers to know. Uh, this is a, a letter here, essentially, that uh, documentation. Luke really wants us to be aware of the events that have happened, that have transpired in Paul's, uh, what really, what is going to be at the end of Paul's life over the next few years. So uh, we have a lot of um, uh, opportunity here to uh, really uh, put ourselves in the situation and look at the story through different perspectives, which can help us to gain a different perspective for ourselves on how we as the church can truly be the church. So we're going to go ahead and pick up uh, now that we've uh, caught up to where we are today in verse 23 of chapter 23 of Acts. I'm going to go ahead and read through our passage today. I'm going to read all the way through verse 35. Uh, we'll take a couple little breaks in between, and then uh, we're going to talk about uh, some significant uh, points that we can take out of the sermon today, that we can take out of this passage today uh, for our life today, 
this is not to apply uh, scripture to our lives and make it fit into our lives, but rather look at how we in our life can fit into scripture. So uh, verse 23 here. And then he called two of his centurions uh, and ordered them, this is Claudius, uh, get ready a detachment of 200 soldiers, 70 horsemen, and 200 spearmen to go to Caesarea at nine tonight. Provide horses for Paul so that he may be taken safely to Governor Felix. He wrote a letter as follows. So this is a letter that uh, Claudius Sexius, verse 26, uh, is writing to Felix. I think you'll find this letter a little interesting, a bit of a different uh, recap on the previous events. Uh, to His Excellency, Governor Felix, greetings, verse 27. This man was seized by the Jews, and they were about to kill him, but I came in with my troops and rescued him, for I had learned that he is a Roman citizen. I wanted to know why they were accusing him, so I brought him to their Sanhedrin. I found that the accusation had to do with questions about their law, but there was no charge against him that deserved death or imprisonment. When I was informed of a plot to be carried out against the man, I sent him to you at once. I also ordered his accusers to present to you their case against them, against him. So this is a classic example, right? This, uh, this these few verses, this letter. I, I do wonder uh, what Luke's thoughts were as he got his hands on this letter uh, and, and probably read it for himself for that first time and just... I mean, you, you gotta kind of wonder, like, did, did he roll his eyes? Did he did he laugh? Because uh, we we know that uh, they were actually going to bring him in, Paul, and and flog him to find out what was going on, uh, and then they found out that he's a Roman citizen. So before he was rescued, they didn't know he was a Roman citizen. So it's just it's interesting how we will take events and and recount them a little bit in our favor, right? We'll we'll spin the story just enough. Uh, partial truths is what we might call it. Uh, we'll, we'll tell some of the truth, but we just want to make sure that, you know, we look okay in the end because uh, that's something that we care about, right? And so uh, uh, Claudius is, is no different. Uh, now he has uh, ordered and has sent, uh, if, if you go back uh, to the uh, verse 23 here, uh, there is uh, a detachment of 200 soldiers, 70 horsemen, and 200 spearmen. This is a small army that has been set aside, that has been pulled aside to escort Paul to Caesarea to see Governor Felix. Like, this is, a, imagine, a, a small army. Now, we could uh, spend a lot of time here just uh, thinking about uh, what this must have been like for Paul. Uh, so uh, let's, let's do that. Let's spend some time for a moment. Just, just think about uh, this as we read verses 31 through 35. Uh, let's uh, let's let's think about what Paul might have been thinking, what Paul might have been going through here. Verse 31, So the soldiers carrying out their orders took Paul with them during the night and brought him as far as Antipatris. The next day, they let the cavalry go on with him while they returned to the barracks. When the cavalry arrived at Caesarea, they uh, delivered the letter to the governor and handed Paul over to him. The governor read the letter and asked what province he was from, learning he was from Cilicia. He said, I will hear your case when your accusers get here. Then he ordered that Paul be kept under guard in Herod's palace. So Paul spends about five days in Herod's palace before his accusers uh, get there to uh, tell Felix, hey, this is what's going on. This is why we want to kill Paul. And you'll, you'll, we'll pick up there next week. So imagine, though, Paul having gone through these interesting events, being uh, rescued uh, by the, the Roman soldiers, pulled into the barracks, questions, 
uh, allowed to speak, pulled back into the barracks for his safety. And now we find out that there is a plot against his life. And so we have this whole small army that is going to uh, go with him as far as Antipatrice. And then the cavalry, the, the horsemen, are going to continue on to protect Paul all the way to Cilicia, or, uh, Caesarea. This is uh, Paul who is now uh, riding on a horse, being escorted by Rome, uh, carrying the message of the gospel further into and towards Rome. Imagine for a moment what Paul might be thinking here. You've, you've got to step back and go, wow, this is not what I expected. Moments before, uh, hours before, Paul's life was in jeopardy by people that wanted to end it. He took, he took the gospel back into Jerusalem to say, hey, this is what's going on. This is, this is, this is what the word of God, this is the, what the truth, this is what the gospel is doing in these faraway places. This is where I have been. And, uh, and he, he brings this testimony, this story, back into Jerusalem, and it's met with opposition. And that opposition, uh, we, would, uh, we would like to think, okay, well, let's just let's pull back. And we, 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 we don't want to push through that resistance. We don't want to keep moving forward. But that's never Paul's in, intention, as we have read and, and studied in the last few weeks together. Paul is, is determined. He is determined to continue uh, this message of the gospel because uh, for, for him to live as Christ and to die as gain, as he writes to the church in Philippi, uh, and, and we can read that in, in Philippians. He, uh, he and, and his purpose and his, his, his life, the, the, the plan that he is pursuing is, is one up to uh, wherever God is going to call him. And so he's, he's been bound, he's been released, he's been, uh, he's been uh, questioned, he almost gets flogged, and now uh, we see him being escorted. He's not being uh, dragged behind these horses as though he is a, a prisoner. He is a Roman citizen. He's being treated with respect by uh, this cavalry, this, these Roman soldiers. He's being protected and guarded. He is the prized element here. He is the prize that is being delivered to uh, Caesarea and then will go on to be delivered to Rome, as we're going to discover in the next few weeks. So imagine that. Paul, riding on a horse, whole army escorting him in. How, how cool is that? We, we have these, these ideas of how uh, uh, the plan should unfold and, and what we should see, and we, we have these expectations. And yet, God does things his way, doesn't he? Uh, he, he God's plan is, is, is higher than ours, is, is better than ours, and uh, we will talk about that in a minute here as, as well. But let this be an encouragement to you. Sometimes life doesn't go the way that we want it to go, or the way that we expect it to go. Sometimes uh, what is happening right in front of us looks one way, but might actually be something else going on in the background. There was a, a moment, perhaps 12 hours before Paul is being escorted uh, on, on horse by horseback by an army for his safety, where Paul was perhaps wondering, okay, well, this is not exactly what I expected. This is interesting. And then uh, the Lord comes to, to him and, and, and gives encouragement to him, says, hey, you're, this is great, you made it to Jerusalem, but you're going to ultimately get up to Rome. You're going to take the gospel to Rome. And Rome is completely playing along with the plan. Rome, uh, who would be, uh, in, in this point in, in the story, uh, really not, not in favor of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the truth. They're not, they're not in favor of advancing this message. They're just inviting it right in, right in through the doorstep. How, how beautiful is is that? So what can we what can we focus on today? What can we take away 
from uh, this section here in Romans. First uh, and foremost, the gospel is unstoppable. Paul is literally being escorted by a small army to his next destination. There is, uh, there, there is, there is no, no way. There is no way that uh, anybody who is uh, the, the Claudius Lysias, uh, the 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 uh, centurion, who's now uh, sending Paul off to Governor Felix. Governor Felix is going to uh, accept him in. He's going to hear what his accusers have to say. He, he's not thinking, oh yeah, this is going to keep the gospel message going. That's not part of his thought at all. He's just trying to figure out what's going on. He's just trying to figure out what's what's happening and. Uh, we're going to see his his methods and the, the means to his madness here in the next couple of weeks, uh, but he's just he's just like doing his job, he's just doing his job, and and Paul is essentially doing his right. He's stepping forward in faith and continuing to move forward. The gospel will not be stopped, it won't. Rome is unwittingly taking part in advancing the gospel. If you take a moment to uh, jump with me to Romans chapter eight, we're going to pick up in verse thirty one. Through 38, Romans chapter 8 is one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. I would encourage you to uh, go back and, and read from the beginning of this chapter. But uh, take take hope, take take encouragement in this. When it comes down to uh, what God is doing uh, and, and this feeling of opposition, this feeling of uh, uh, perhaps uh, a, a fear around the world, let's take heart in, 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 in Paul's journey. We can take lesson from that, sure. But take heart. Romans 8, 31. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Verse 32, he, did not, he, did not, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he also not with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised. Who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. There is nothing that is going to stop the message of Jesus Christ from advancing the gospel, the truth. There's nothing that's going to stop the advancement. Rome's not stopping it. Here we, we have uh, the, the Sanhedrin can't stop it. The, the, the priests, the high priests, they can't stop it. You're not going to stop God. There is no stopping. God has, has already won. The war is won. And there in Romans 8, we see that there is, there is nothing, there is nothing, absolutely nothing that's going to prevent the gospel from being uh, moved forward, for, for reaching uh, the, the lost. There is nothing. And we get to be invited into this mission. We are invited as believers into expanding this kingdom. And we are, we are invited. This is, this is purpose. This is calling. Because as point two says, God has a plan. God has a plan. He has a plan, and it is uh, from Genesis 1 through the end of Revelation, we see this plan unfolding. You and I are invited to be part of this plan. We're invited into the story of, uh, of, of, of God. The God of the universe has invited us to take part 
in this mission. So why why do we get so caught up in our day-to-day plans and lives? Well, that's pretty natural, is it not? You You have your life in front of you. You have your responsibilities. You have to maintain a, a presence in, in the world about you. You need to go to, to work. You need to, you know, show up for your, your business. You need to uh, show up for your, your kids as, as parents at home. There's these roles. There's this life that, that you have. And this is something that I'm experiencing personally with life continually changing. You know, we uh, had our, our second uh, child a few months ago, and uh, that has brought on different different plans now we're not two to to one parent to child ratio now we're, we're we're man to man and we've heard lots of stories about zone defense and all sorts of stuff and uh, i'm not not concerned about that i'm not even concerned about being man to man i've just realized that wow life is a life's a bit different and sometimes things happen that we don't quite expect and an encouragement here we look back and we go wow that's that's really great. That's that's cool that that's cool that that's what was happening there. I had no idea. Hindsight's twenty twenty, right? So we believe that, and and we'll share that encouragement openly with others. We'll we'll go, hey, you know what? I, I don't know what's going on here, but uh, when when we look back on this, it's all gonna make sense, right? But we won't look in the mirror and tell ourselves that. Maybe maybe that's a place that we can be more of an encouragement to one another, strengthening and encouraging the church. You don't always know what the future is going to hold. In fact, you, you probably don't know what the future is going to hold. You can anticipate some certain things happening certain ways, just like Paul is anticipating his journey, his journey up to Rome. Does, is it looking exactly how he might have expected? Oh, I don't know. Uh, maybe someday I can ask him. But the, the truth is, we we believe that God has a plan. We'll even tell our friends who are going through life, don't worry, God God has a plan. He, he does. He has a plan. It's going to be okay. It's all going to work itself out. But then for ourselves, we'll, we'll sometimes forget that message, don't we? So why not believe that today for where you are here in this season of your life? Believe that it's true that, yeah, you will be able to look back on this moment in time and it'll make sense. It'll make sense. It may not make sense right now. It may not make sense right now. And as we saw there in Romans 8, we don't, we don't need it all to make sense. Faith in and of itself makes sense. The truth in and of itself makes sense. And that there is enough for us to press onward, to push forward. Paul is now in Herod's palace being guarded for his safety in Herod's palace. So he's not thrown in prison to await his, uh, his accusers from arriving. He's not uh, tossed in a, a deep dungeon somewhere and forgotten about. He's in Herod's palace. In Isaiah 55, uh, verses 8 through 9, uh, we, we see a bit more into the, uh, the, the character of, of God when it comes to uh, our plans versus his. Uh, verse 8 in Isaiah 55, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways, uh, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. We need not get concerned over uh, our thoughts and our plans. We need pay attention to them. 
lift them up to to God whose thoughts are higher than ours, whose plans are higher than ours. It is in uh, that act of, of laying down our lives before the throne, of, of, of giving of, uh, of our, our lives, that uh, our life can be filled with hope. It is in this action, this very action of, uh, of, of turning our life to, to Jesus for, for professing our faith in him uh, that we can, uh, in, in return, uh, I'll, I'll really accept the fact that there, there's, there's hope for this world. There's hope for uh, the, the plan. We, we know what is to come, and that is something we should have hope in, and that should excite us, and that should fill us with enthusiasm for the gospel. Is your relationship with Jesus filled with hope? Are you, are, are, are you in a place where you have hope for tomorrow? You've got hope for the future. Here's where uh, this, this is really coming to mind for, for me of late. Uh, and maybe you can relate. There's, there's a lot happening in the world around us. There's uh, a lot happening within our neighborhoods and communities, and we see it all over the mainstream media and offshoots, and we see, we see all sorts of questions raised, and uh, we've got uh, some weird, interesting things happening within our school districts and within our, our teachings there that are not sitting well with everybody. And, and then we have uh, our, our political hemisphere and kind of trying to figure out what's going on here and then uh then then we wonder about uh, our economy and 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 there's all of these things that are are very very distracting things that we should as responsible adults as responsible citizens of this this country pay attention to uh do not get me wrong whatsoever Uh, but if we get absorbed into these events we can find that we look through the world in in an entirely different lens through despair through concern through worry there is no despair with Jesus. There is no despair with him, for we, we know the plan. We know where this is all going to lead, where this is all going to go eventually. It doesn't mean that it's going to be great. The journey getting there is not, not always going to be fun. It's not always going to be the smooth, easy ride. We, we know that, and we can, we, can, we can assume that. But when we get so caught up in the world, we forget that God's plan is higher than ours, that God's plan goes beyond Ours, that his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And we can become so consumed at times with the future that we forget about what is happening right here in front of us. We forget about that relationship that we are called to with our kids, that we are called to with our spouses, that we're called to with one another here at, at, at Issaquah Christian Church, that we are uh, in, in our communities, that we are called to be involved in the lives of those in our neighborhood, in our schools, are praying for our, our teachers and our leaders of this country. There's a, a lot going on that we can be involved in, in a hopeful perspective, or we can push away from in despair. So the question is, where does Jesus' people need to be on these roads, these roads of uncertainty? Where, where should we be? Because we're, we're quick to ask the question, where are you, God? We're quick to ask that question when our life is not going the way that we want it to or when we're dealing with uh, tragedy or despair and, and those things are not easy and that's why we can do and go through life together. That's why we can find that our life with Jesus is to be filled with hope. 
We can be that for one another. We can be the strengthening and encouraging source for one another. That's why we're called to gather together. That's why we're called to gather together as the church, to worship, to lift up his holy name far above our own, and to love one another, to be present with one another, to normalize the struggle with one another. When, when you find yourself asking where, where, where God is, where's God in all of this? Perhaps instead you should ask yourself, where are you in all of this? Where are you? Are you an active participant in encouraging and, and, and loving the community? Are you engaged uh, with what's going on around you? Or are you taking a backseat, just kind of watching things unfold? Are you taking up an, an active stance in life? Or are you a passive, quiet Christian in the background? Afraid to step forward, afraid to step into that gap for fear of persecution, for fear of somebody thinking differently about you. I, I, I love studying uh, Acts and I love looking at uh, this, this journey uh, of Paul. We're about to enter the season when he's going to write a lot of letters, a lot of letters that we read today. I, I, I love reading about this and just thinking about what's happening. Uh, what, what is Paul thinking about right now? He, he's, he's on a, a journey with, with a bunch of Roman, Roman soldiers. And, and what do you think he's talking about? He hasn't stopped talking yet. You think he's going to stop talking now? These guys are escorting Paul. They, 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 don't, they don't really understand why they're following their orders. Who is this guy? What do you think they're thinking? Man, this guy must be important. There's, there's over 200 of us. And we're escorting this, this one guy. Why? I want to know. Let's find out. I'll bet, I'll bet the gospel was shared on this journey. There wasn't a, a game of I Spy being played on, on this road trip. I'll, I'll, I'll bet there was, there's a testimony being shared. And that testimony was uh, Paul's story and Paul's story of, of, of Jesus. And the hope that we can find uh, with him. Turn with me, if you will, uh, to First Peter uh, uh, chapter 1. Uh, we're going to take a look at verses 3 through 7. Here, blessed be the Father, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope. To a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that's imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. So that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, that perishes through it, is tested by fire. May be found to uh, result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. W what are we saying here? Uh, we're saying a few things today. God's got a plan. God has a plan for you and for your life. He does. And while it may not feel like it at different seasons and different times, uh, you not only have God to lean on, you not only have God to plug into, to seek a deeper relationship with, you have the church to strengthen and encourage you in this season in your life because we have hope in Jesus Christ. We have hope. Go back here to 1 Peter verse, uh, chapter 1, uh, verse 3. Uh, about halfway through, according to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again, to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. 
So ask yourself, Christian, does your life reflect being born again to a living hope? A living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. To an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. An inheritance, brothers and sisters, an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. Unlike our bodies, unlike our things, unlike our stuff, unlike our status here, unlike your promotions, unlike all of these things, this inheritance is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. Kept in heaven for you, who by God's power, being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, comma. In this you rejoice. There's a pause here. Rejoice. Though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. There, it, 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 life's going to happen. Life's going to happen. And I'm not minimalizing anything that you're going through today. I know that you may be going through something uh, rather difficult. Maybe you're in a season of peace in your life. So you, in this peace, can turn to your brothers and sisters who may not be in a season of peace and be peace in their life and walk through them and strengthen and encourage them because there's going to be a time when you're going to be dealing with some various trial and it's going to grieve you. And if you're not plugged into this community, if you're not plugged into the church, if you're not plugged into your relationship with the living hope with Jesus, then you're going to feel awfully alone in this journey. So take heart today. Take hope today. Rejoice. Because God's already won. The battle has been fought. The battle has been fought. Let's take a, a, a second. We're going to turn back to that passage there in Romans 8. And as we close up today, as we uh, finish our time today, um, let this be a, a, a thought. Let this be a, a prayer over you. Let this be a message of encouragement to you today. You can look at Paul and, and see his faith. You can look at Paul and learn from that. You can emulate his faith. And for us today, Romans 8, 31, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who is indeed interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for this moment. We thank you for uh, this medium, this technology that we can interact with one another. God, I just, I lift up anybody who is listening to this message right now, who just uh, watched uh, this sermon, who just uh, spent time worshiping uh, uh, under under the word together with, uh, with us here. God, would you uh, just uh, fall over uh, these uh, brothers and sisters with peace, 
God, I, I ask that you fill uh, fill their hearts with, with hope, hope in, uh, hope in, uh, hope in you, hope in uh, what you have done and what you are doing, and a trust that uh, you have a plan. As we see in, in, in this, this story here with, with Paul and uh, his, his journey just unfolding before our eyes. God, you, you have a plan. And it is easy for us to get caught up in the world. It's easy for us to be distracted, Lord. May our distractions ultimately lead us to a, a heart repentant and on our knees before you, Lord. God, use these things that, uh, that, that draw our attention away from you to draw our attention back to you, Lord. God, we lift up these things in your name. Amen.